This is Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. Forget what you think you know about church. Lord be with you. And also with you. The reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you, that you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave, that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out to the world. Yours they, are, they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you, for I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them, and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are the world, and I am coming to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name, which you, give, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost, except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in, in themselves. I have given them your word, and the word has hated them because they are not of this world, of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself, that they may also be sanctified in truth. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me. Through their, through their word, that they may all be in, they, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I am in them, I in them, and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me, and love them even as you love me. Father, I desire, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me, because you loved me before the foundation of the world, O righteous Father, even though, even though the, world, the world does not know you, I know you, and these, and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. The true gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to the Lord. The Lord, Lord. Lord. Be seated, please. So I take it afternoon to you. Afternoon. That must have been a sight. I wonder if the Israelites in the wilderness protested at the elaborate details and the exorbitant expense of making such vestments for Aaron. Did they have to scuttle the plans until the voters could approve of the design and the expense? Did they put it out for bids to see if someone had a source of pure gold or blue dye that they might come in under budget and put the rest in an LCEFCD. Mm -hmm. 
I know why one priest needs to be dressed in something way more elaborate. Uh, I don't know why one priest needs to be dressed in something way more elaborate and costly than anything we buy or make for ourselves. Does Aaron think he's better than we are? When my grandkids became priests in Egypt, they had to save up all their own money to purchase vestments. No one congregation was buying those for them. I don't see why we have to use all this gold. Tin would look almost as nice for a tenth of the price. Nevertheless, when God commanded that sort of frock Aaron was to be dressed in as he was consecrated as the high priest, his orders were strangely particular. First, the ephod, made of gold, with two gold shoulder pieces, each with an engraved onyx stone, with six names of the sons of Israel on it, joined together with blue and scarlet yarns and fine linen. Second, the breast piece, matching the ephod of gold, with blue and scarlet yarn and fine linens, with twelve different stones, most of which we just guess, we guess at when translating, set in gold settings and two gold rings to attach it to the ephod. Then the robe, all blue, with blue and purple and scarlet pomegranates on the hem, uh, in, in, inter, interspersed with golden bells. Next, the engraved gold plate attached with a blue cord to the front of Aaron's turban. Finally, a cloak, the turban, and a sash of fine needlework. All these Aaron is to wear so that when he proceeds as high priest, he does not die. Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be Israelite high priests. <laughs> it's hard to parse out the spiritual meaning of such peril. Clothing is unavoidably physical. And yet, despite the beauty of these, those vestments, no matter how real the priesthood of Aaron and his sons, as well as the Levites, they were merely shadows of something more real, a more permanent priesthood high priest whose service endures eternally. Aaron's vestments, like a pastor's vestments, are a sign of the beauty of the office he occupies, an office that does not truly belong to him, one who merely stands in between God and his people. The vestment signifies neither, neither Aaron nor the pastor, but Christ. The office is beautiful because of Christ, no matter the grotesquerie and indecorousness of the men in the office. Aaron is no longer the one to intercede between God and men, nor am I. But behold the man, there is one to intercede, one who is a priest forever. After the order of Melchizedek, the priestly king of righteousness. Behold the man who, though also God, intercedes for men before God. Behold God, who has become man, and who as man intercedes, prays, prays for us men. Who wants an intercessor, a priest, a go-between, though? A go-between implies you are insufficient for the task of getting yourself to God. An intercessor implies that you cannot climb the ladder of heaven to plead your own case. That Jesus takes on human flesh to be an eternal priest between men and God implies that you, on your own, are not good enough. You need someone else to take up your case. Behold the man. Because if you're honest with yourself, you're not. Who seeks God? Who seeks for God as he ought? Whose thoughts are undistracted in prayer? Whose hatred for, okay, let's call it annoyance with, his brother does not interfere with the orientation of his prayer? Who loves God perfectly enough to be able to approach him in prayer? Who keeps the Sabbath perfectly, hears the word of God gladly and regularly? Who uses the name of God correctly, never letting slip an oh my God when things don't go according to plan and calls upon it regularly and the catechism prescribes prayer? Who? No one. Or at least not, not you. 
You are a sorry excuse for your own priest. So behold the man. Jesus is the perfect high priest. Sinful mankind cannot approach a holy God. We need someone to take our place, to plead our case. Behold the man. Jesus has taken your flesh. He will take up your cause before his heavenly Father. Behold the man. In Jesus, God has a voice that he can raise before the Father. He has hands he can fold in prayer. He has a head he can bow correctly and reverently. Behold the man who prays perfectly. Behold the high priest whose office, whose role is to pray for you, for you, beloved. Behold the man who prays for you without ceasing. Jesus has hands to raise in prayer. He has eyes so that he can lift them up. He has lips that he can shape syllables. His vocal cords that can craft syllables his father will hear. He is man so that he can intercede for men. And for what does he pray? For his disciples. For his church. For you. For you. Because sinners cannot approach a holy God, Jesus intercedes. Because rebellious man's petitions will fall on deaf ears, the only obedient Son of God has taken flesh in order to pray for you. Your voice to your prayers to pray for you. Since you cannot keep yourself from sin, from idolatry, from rebellion, Jesus prays that the Father would keep you, that he would keep you in his name, which, has, which was put upon you in the waters of holy baptism, that he would keep you from the evil one, which we ask in the last petition of the Lord's Prayer. Jesus, as perfect God and man in one person, prays for you. Behold the man who prays for you constantly before his heavenly Father. So in Jesus, who prays for you without end, you are no longer rebels against your heavenly Father. You are no longer sinful aliens. You are no longer unable to bend the Father's ear with your petitions. You are in Jesus, and Jesus prays perfectly. Not because you pray regularly or correctly, but because you are in Jesus, your prayers are perfect. Because Jesus lifts up his hands perfectly in prayer, so do you. Because Jesus lifts up his eyes perfectly in prayer, so do you. Because Jesus' voice is perfectly attuned for prayer, so is yours. Because Jesus is the man who intercedes for the rest of mankind, as man, you have hope. You have a Lord who prays for you. You have a man who redeems men. You have the God who became man for you. You have a Savior. You have the man on the cross. Behold the man, the priest who bids you pray, who prays for you without ceasing. Amen. Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. You're listening to Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. This is going to be very short and sweet. It's time for everybody's favorite part of the service. That would be, anybody guess what that is? The announcements. The announcements. There they are. The announcements. All right. Short and sweet. Here we go. Marathon. (laughs) See what happens when I do that? Okay. Request for prayer. Pray at DallasULC.com. Pray at DallasULC.com. It's very simple. That's an email address. If you remain anonymous, or you can give us your name. Uh, you can ask me to make your uh, sacred prayers during our regular prayers every day. We do pray every day here at Dallas Universal Church. Or you can ask that your prayers be added into our 
uh, prayers or intercession on Sundays to the entire congregation. It's pray at DallasULC.com. Compliments, concerns, suggestions, or complaints. Compliments, concerns, suggestions, or complaints. Very simple. If you have one of those, if you want to use feedback at DallasULC.com. That's an email address. Just simply email us at feedback at DallasULC.com. Did you hear we have a podcast? Okay. We do. We have a podcast. Can you believe it? Um, if you haven't checked out our podcast, folks, please go check it out. It is different than being here in the service. It's different than listening to us or watching us on YouTube or any other of uh, the wonderful videos that are out there hosting our service. Um, it's just it's, it's something I just feel it's a you get more out of it. Different. I said not necessarily more, but something different out of it. It's a different point of view, I guess, different way of looking at it. Now how do you get to our podcast? That's very simple. You go to your favorite browser and type in your path with Bishop Mark. That's your path with Bishop Mark. Or if you'd rather go to one of our one of the providers that so graciously hosts us, you can always do that as well. And that's going to be Anchor, Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Overcast. Castbox, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and TuneIn. That's just to name a few. I'm sure there's other ones out there. Okay? Moving on. You know, you can make a difference. And we rely on you to keep this church going. Keep our doors open. We rely on your donations. Um, if you like what you're seeing here, if you like what you're hearing here, if you like our message and you want us to continue to get it out to other people, Please help us out by considering a donation to Dallas Universal Life Church. All you have to do is go to DallasULC.com and click on the giving button on the website. It's very simple. Um, also, just a side note, if you do happen to shop on Amazon, make sure that you go to smile.amazon.com when you shop. Not just Amazon.com, but smile.amazon.com. Choose Dallas Universal Life Church as your charity, and Dallas Universal, or sorry, Amazon will donate half a cent for every dollar that is spent using that criteria to Dallas, Dallas Universal Life Church. I know it didn't sound like much, but it does add up. The more people who do this, the more it adds up. It really does help. Okay? So please consider making a donation one way or another. We have several ways of doing so. Just a couple websites. Okay? And another way you can make a difference is to do what we all do here. You can volunteer. Um, we're always in need of help here at the church. There's always something to do. Um, it's a great way to get to know people and learn about us and, and learn about the, the church and have your input on how things go here. It's very simple. All you have to do is go to, I don't think the website's up there, I think I got it in there, is dallasulc.com slash volunteer. dallasulc.com slash volunteer. Or just click on the volunteer link on the main homepage. Okay. Oh, you're short and sweet. There it is. All right. 